The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob. Uh, I don't know why I say hi, it's Rob at the start of every video and podcast, because I guess you probably know that. But I'm going to share with you some thoughts on the best way to make money. Uh, Now, people are always looking for the best money-making opportunities. Those that say money doesn't make you happy are probably skint. I believe that if you sort your financial situation out, like the rising of the tide lifts all ships, I believe that your health your um, overall wealth, which, which actually means well-being, uh, and you know your personal life and your business life. I believe that the um, having a, a wealthy environment mindset and having good money will uh, attract and create um, positive steps in other areas of your life. I mentor a lot of entrepreneurs, and um, often they are struggling the most. You know, they they may be the, the most lost, somewhat. Uh, beaten down, depressed, struggling, feeling like that they're um, really not making any progress at all, where not one, maybe not even two, but three areas of their life are a bit in disarray and chaos. It might be that they've got a broken relationship. It might be that they've got serious health challenges. Um, It might be that they've just been made redundant from their work, etc. And I say to them all the time, if you're making 20 grand a month net, would all your other problems all of a sudden get better? And they all chuckle and go, yes, yes, it would. So I don't want people to be naive about the fact that money does enable and accelerate and exaggerate and increase other um, areas of your life, which may not be good, um, or even your internal happiness and well-being. Because, of course, you can invest in your wealth and well-being. So you can invest in health, you can invest in education, you can invest in things that make your life easier, like having a driver or a a housekeeper or um, having some really good education for your children. We've just invested in in some pretty expensive um, outside of school education um, just to help my son catch up in a couple of the subjects he's maybe a bit behind on. He's like topping his whole year at spelling and he's really good at some things. But naturally, in some other subjects, he's not quite as good. And he and we really want him to get into the senior school. Uh, And at the moment, you know, there's a couple of areas he needs work on. And so we're able to invest in that. We're able to invest in in a really good school. I am the most productive when I am in the car, in the back of the car. Uh, And so I'm able to invest in a, uh, a driver, which actually brings a great return on investment because I'll probably get two to three times as much done in the back of the car. Anyway, um, just getting that out of the way, because a lot of people have these sort of um, issues that money isn't linked to happiness. Now, I believe money is an enabler and an exaggerator. I believe money will make you more of what you already are. So whatever you're addicted to, money will increase those addictions. Um, So it's it's certainly um, fair to say that money in and of itself, just money, um, doesn't solve all your other problems. Um, But of course, anything that's good in your life, it enables and exaggerates that too. Uh, So I've had a weekend of hanging out with the kids because it's Bobby's birthday weekend. And can you see that little 
cut on my forehead. So they were doing all the shooting with the guns. And I said to the guy, oh, can I have a go? And he didn't do a, a brief safety briefing for me because I'm an adult. And I put my eye too close to the site and I cut my head. What an idiot dad I am. All right. So people are always looking for the best business opportunity. Oh, is there a business opportunity with this virus going around? Oh, is cryptos are really big at the moment. All oh, the markets are crashing. Maybe we can short the markets. Um, I want to get into property. I want to get into e-commerce. I want to leverage social media. I want to be an influencer. I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be a podcaster. I want to be an e-sport gamer. And you know what? All of those business models could easily make you wealthy and easily uh, lose all your money to. So this is not what the get rich quickers, the naive unrealisticers want to hear, but it's the truth. Uh, And I am a purveyor of truth when it comes to business entrepreneurship and money. So the best business, um, best, best way to make money, the best business model to be in is the one that you have enduring passion for. Now, that's an important statement because I see so many entrepreneurs who start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Um, you know, we all get allured um, somewhat by new opportunities. They're exciting. They call it the shiny penny syndrome. If you're entrepreneurial, you're going to love new ideas, new business models, new opportunities creating new things, taking um, and jumping on these new exciting technologies and markets. But the downside of that is you could start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, snakes, ladders, snakes, ladders, snakes, ladders, snakes, ladders, snakes. So actually, if you've um, tried a couple of business models in the past, and by the way, it's okay to try. It's okay to test a few business models. It's okay if you've been in a job for 20 or 30 years to try a couple of side hustles. It's not like you're necessarily going to or have to get your first tested business opportunity completely right. That's the thing that makes you millions for the rest of your life. Um, And actually, uh, there'll be a good argument to say that if you look at really successful business owners, entrepreneurs, millionaires, billionaires, the one that they succeeded in probably wasn't their first business model. But of course, they've learned from um, testing some business models. But anything that you know you could not just enjoy, because anyone can enjoy anything for six months, but can you enjoy something for six years or 60 years? That's the key. So the first thing to consider is, yeah, what have I got passion and enjoyment for, but on a long-term basis, i.e. I wouldn't be flighty on, I wouldn't get distracted from. Now, a lot of um, people who have entrepreneurial personalities, we're great at starting, we're terrible at finishing. We're great at getting excited. <clears throat> we're not good at having that consistency over decades. Um, you know, we're great at creating and coming up with the ideas and, you know, pushing through the initial, getting things started. Um, but are we, are we, and what we can do is we can create this cyclical, you know, the yo-yo dieter. So, um, you know, they, lo- they, they lose their, health, well-being and their fitness, maybe because they get comfortable, then they get to a point of probably self-hatred or long time being single and they get down the gym and they sort their um, health and eating out. And as soon as they get comfortable again, so they get to uh, a state of look or maybe even a a relationship uh, where the honeymoon period is over, they get comfortable and then they relax uh, and then they you know, lose their health and fitness and well-being and they, they get overweight or unhealthy. Uh, and then only when the pain gets too much, do they then start to diet again. So they have this cyclical um, motivation in waves. And I see that with startup entrepreneurs a lot. And this is something I want to help you try and uh, get away from. So um, I'm quite lucky in that business for me, entrepreneurship in general for me, 
is something I want to do for the rest of my life with enduring passion, even when it's hard. So you've got to find that thing. And it's okay to test a bit. Just test on low risk. Test without burning all of your money. You know, when people say go all in, well, actually, I think if you're starting um, some entrepreneurial ventures, it's probably wise not to go all in. You should probably only go all in when you know when you're all in and the thing that you want to be all in on, you know you're all in on and you know it's decided that you're going to be there for decades to come. Warren Buffett, I don't know if you've seen his, that meme going around of his wealth uh, growth curve. So he's what, 14 years old here. He's 50 years old here and it looks like he's hardly moving up in wealth, even though that's 10 million. And then when he's 85, he's got this massive acceleration and that's like 85 billion or something like that. Because he's got longevity, compounding, consistency over, you know, a sustainable decades of sustainability. OK, so enduring passion is definition one of the best business model. The second thing is um, something that can scale um, either reasonably well or um, nationally or globally. So you could do something that you enjoy, but it's not scalable. Maybe you're just baking cakes at home and, you know, doing them for your friends and family. Well, that's not scalable. Now, it's okay if you want to do that, but you're not going to be able to make really good money out of it, be a, a, you know, a a scale-up entrepreneur, become very wealthy. So um, whether it's leveraging the internet and social media and being able to reach the masses online, um, or whether it's something that can spread through referrals, but you need to have low to no friction of scaling up. So uh, of the three main commonalities of the titans of wealth, of the biggest billionaires pound for pound over, you know, the last thousand years or whatever, serving vast numbers of people, that is right up there um, as one of the three commonalities of the most richest, the most rich people in history. So uh, you need to make sure that you are scalable, that you're not reducing your reach because you could end up just hitting a ceiling where even though you enjoy what you do, you can't go beyond a few grand a month or, you know, whatever sort of financial ceilings you're hitting that you want to you want to break through. The next thing then is it can't just be passionate for you. You've got to have a passion to serve. So is this business model that you're doing something that you could really see as service? Because if it's just really for you and you enjoy it, but there's no real major marketplace or you're not really that interested in serving others, you're only interested to do it yourself. You could have a little business for sure, but you're not going to scale. You're not going to have enduring wealth. And if clients and customers don't feel like you care and want to serve them, they're probably not going to use you on an ongoing basis. So there's plenty of sort of one man band entrepreneurs. that say, I just want to be free. I just want to have some freedom. I just want an easy life. I don't want to work too hard. And when I hear that, I go, OK, I understand But then you can't say that and want to be really wealthy and scaled and successful. So you've got to want to make a difference to other people as well as yourself. So I know some business models, 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 models. I know some business, for goodness sake, it's Sunday morning, my brain ain't working. I know some business models where I'd be keen to be in on it, but I wouldn't be keen to really do it to vast numbers of people and I wouldn't be really keen on doing it as a service. It would just be something that I could enjoy for me. My art was like that. I really enjoyed doing it for me, but I had this really weird relationship in showing it to the world. I was scared of it being judged. 
Um, I kind of felt like I didn't want to be restricted by people giving, making me do commissions, which were what they wanted, which were popular or fashionable, um, instead of something that I really believed in. And I struggled with that dichotomy, that paradox, when I was an artist. And I think that's why I didn't make much money out of it. Um, and you've got to have this balance of, you know, meeting your own needs, but it being commercial, it being a service. And here's the thing. There's some business models that a lot of people think are not worthy. Oh, billionaires, you know, there's no use in the world for a billionaire. They're just greedy. They take all the money. You know, these people who do these payday loans or these people who do gambling, etc. Well, I personally would love to interview a billionaire who owns a payday loan company or owns a gambling company um, because I would like to know, you know, what their, um, their personal ethic, excuse me, ethics are and how they see their business as a service. Because I bet you what they would say is, well, it serves millions of people. It's what people want. You give people what they want. That's called a, a free market. In fact, stupid business ideas are ones that you want and people don't want. The best business ideas are the ones that have the demand to the masses. People say, why do footballers get paid so much? Because people want to watch footballers. Oh, that's not a worthy business. You can't pay hundreds of thousands of pounds a week to dive on the floor pretending to be injured, blah, 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 blah. But actually, they serve millions or billions of people. Just look at all their, their Instagram accounts. And you get paid directly linked to the amount of people that you serve. So even if, for example, you serve in a very small way, like a post-it note, that's not going to change the world in terms of how it serves an individual. They're just going to be able to write something to stick it on their desk or their laptop. But that one small little thing has served billions of people. And of course, 3M have made billions out of the post-it note. Tetra Pak have made billions out of little packages for milk, etc. And solving little problems for billions of people. Now, if you have a more bespoke or consultative-based product, then you, have need, you would need to have a, an increased price strategy to, to increase your wealth, or you'd need to be in a, a niche where you could almost own the brand and be the go-to person. Um, but then if you wanted to scale it, you may need to look at online delivery or some kind of leveraged business model that can scale it from local to national to intercontinental to global. And then some of these people like Richard Branson and Elon Musk, they're looking to serve humanity intergalactic. So you don't want to re restrict your sale. I think that um, the best kind of business model to be in is someone somewhere where you can find who you really are. So, you know, sometimes you model businesses or you model entrepreneurs. I'm going to go into that business because they're successful and famous at it, and that can make loads of money. And I'm going to go into e-commerce because Jeff Bezos is the world's richest man. That's fine if you are the kind of person that you don't mind modeling people and you don't really mind what the business model is because you just love business or you just love um, a certain type of business. But for me, if, if I go into a business model and it's a me too business or it's an imitation business model, um, I, I wouldn't be able to find who I really am because there's a, an element of creativity, an element of individuality, and an, an, an element of disruption and innovation. And me, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't want to copy people. I want to find and be who I am and be a, a little bit original and a little bit unique. <clears throat> Excuse me. So how do you find who you are? And I know some people have got into businesses because they thought the money was good. You know, when these billionaires say, oh, well, it's not all about the money. And, you, you know, um, they're in it for um, doing something that they love and, um, you know, serving people and being in a, it, something that helps them really find who they are. I've always kind of thought to myself, well, that's OK for you to say because you're a billionaire. I'm not doing it for the money because you already have billions. 
But I, I do think that if you are in a business model or a job where you're selling your soul and you're losing the identity of who you are and you just know this is not you, in addition to you not being able to sell something you don't believe in, which, of course, every salesperson would say, uh, you, you're just going to day by week, by month, by year, lose the identity of who you are. So I don't know why this is. But um, for me, I, uh, I just know being an entrepreneur is who I am. You know, there's these debates that, that say um, you can't call yourself an entrepreneur. Oh, no, no, you're, you're not an entrepreneur unless, you know, you're um, a billionaire or um, whatever. I don't really care what they say. I know I'm an entrepreneur. I know that that word was made for me. Multiple businesses, innovation, disruption, experimentation, the desire to help and serve and fix and create and grow and evolve and figuring out the next market, the next amazing business opportunity, creating communities, doing stuff that's different, expressing myself in my own unique and individual way and then creating a market around it and, and monetizing it and getting that equal reward of value to the, the community, the end users, the consumers, and then the fair profit margin to the producer. I just love that. That's just me. That's just who I am. And as long as it's an ethical business model or a business model I'm interested in, take those two caveats away and I could, you could give me any business model and I'm in and I'm up for it. Just, uh, just about to sign a contract to get into involved in a drones technology business. Um, I've, got, uh, I've been in discussions with a while with someone who's got a cosmetics business. I've got a property training business. I've got a property investing business. Of course, I'm, very, um, I'm a paid keynote speaker for things like social media and, and entrepreneurship. I write books. I do podcasts. Got a social media agency, a podcast media agency, a, a, a publishing and audio book agency, mentor, coach, rambler on social media. I've got my supporter program, the stars functionality. I've just launched my Patreon. It's just, just love all this. It's just creation. It's evolution. It's innovation. It's service. It's solving problems. It's looking at new, new media, new outlets, leveraging, you know, all the new technologies. Well, of course, I, I say the internet like it's a new technology, but in terms of technology compared to, say, telecommunications or um, any other form of communication, the internet is still really new. And um, it's the biggest enabler that there's ever been. It's, bigger, it's a bigger enabler than air, air travel. It's a bigger enabler than rail. It's a bigger enabler than telecommunications because the speed at the in of internet, the speed of light, um, and the way it just connects everyone so globally so quickly, it's the biggest enabler that there's ever been. Um, and so it still has so much more that can be leveraged on top of it, all the new apps, all the new software, all the new systems, all the new social media. So exciting. So let me summarize for you. Um, the best business model to be in is the one that you're not just passionate about, but the one that you could have long longevity and sustaining uh, passion for decades, not just weeks or months, because most entrepreneurs can get excited for weeks or months. Can you st still say passionate for decades? Warren Buffett still five hours a day reading um, annual reports on companies because he's excited about it because he loves it still to this day. The next thing is, is it actually a viable business model or is it really just a hobby of yours that doesn't have a market or can't scale? The next thing is, can you scale it? You know, so can it go from local to um, national to intercontinental to global and even beyond into intergalactic? Is it something that you would enjoy doing for others and serving others? Um, so I, I took my kids to um, a, a, a sort of, um, a, I don't know what you'd call it, a little activity day where they were shooting guns and, and archery and stuff like that. And um, whilst the people who were running it for us 
um, seem to uh, like archery and shooting. Three times in the last hour, they said, oh, do you want to have another go or do you just want to go because it's cold? And I thought, you know, you're not really enjoying being here because even if it was cold, you really would. Uh, and I think if you really don't enjoy serving others in this business model, then it's the wrong business model. Because there are business models where you'd be happy to be a coach, a trainer, an educator, where you'd be happy to help people for free. There was this brilliant video I saw, Tyson Fury, obviously, amazing story. And he did a little video and he said that someone um, came over his house and said, I'm going to commit suicide. I just wanted to let you know first. And he said, come on. And they went on a three mile run together and he taught them round. Uh, and you know Tyson Fury is passionate about mental health. You know he's not just a boxer. You know he's gone through his own challenges. And, and, and so you just get a sense in him that he wants to help people. Uh, and I think if you've got this area of business that you really want to help people, uh, you know, not just on a, a global level, but you actually really want to help people, you can monetize it, create a product and service around it. Um, I don't think you should jump on the next biggest, best, or what you perceive to be the next uh, great opportunity because, you know, there'll always be some kind of virus that will create a business opportunity or a, a market crash that will create a shorting opportunity or a, a cryptocurrency opportunity or a property market opportunity or whatever. Um, unless your, your passion and desire is to be an entrepreneur. And so you like a variety of different business models and you like the challenge of starting things up. I interviewed um, the co-founder, the initial co-founder of Netflix. And he just loves starting businesses. And I was like, why did you exit Netflix? And do you regret that? I mean, look at it now. And he's like, no, the time was right for me. I loved starting it, but I didn't really enjoy what it had become because that's not me. And I think he's founded seven or eight um, pretty successful businesses. So he knows what he loves and he does what he loves. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's very much a distraction to just be interested in businesses that you think can only make money. Um, do you desire to serve? Do you desire to scale? Do you desire to fix do you desire the challenges? Do you desire to continually improve and adapt and innovate? Do you desire that um, you understand the cost, opportunity cost and cost to you uh, of being in a business that could make you millions or billions? Are you prepared to pay that cost, the time cost, the social cost, the relationship cost, the cost of having all the critics and the trolls and the haters? Because I'm prepared to take all that. And, and, and actually, to a certain degree, I quite enjoy some of those things that I've seen. All right, thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.